I'm B. And I'm B. And, and this, this is Homestead Happenings. Happenings. Where every week we bring you along on our journey to self-sufficiency. And bring you exclusive interviews on all things Homestead from people around the world. So hit subscribe and follow along with us. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's go. I'm V. And I'm B. And today we have a very special episode of Homestead Happenings for you today. It's the very first day of interviews. How excited are you for this? I'm really excited. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. We have a very special guest on the phone, Hannah Bailey. We are starting with pigs, you guys. I'm so excited. We raise red wattles here, and they are a full-size pig. They're a meat pig instead of you know, you'll hear people say a lard pig. We will be talking more about that. And really quick before we get started, I would like to shout out Mary's Heirloom Seeds. She is a wonderful sponsor of our podcast. She really, really likes to give back, just cares about everyone, and she wanted to be involved. We love that. We encourage everybody to shop small. We use her seeds and have used her seeds for so long. They just, they do wonderful. We're already ready for the next gardening season. Absolutely. We love growing her seeds. They turn out great every time we use them. Yes. I love that they're, we've had pretty much a hundred percent success rate on all the seeds we've started. So I'm so excited for that, but we will get into more gardening topics as we move through the series. But Mary's has decided that she would come on and not only is she going to be doing an interview, but she's sponsoring the whole podcast. Huge shout out to her. Now, let me introduce Hannah Bailey. She's going to come on and she's going to take away the show. So Hannah, are you ready? I'm so ready. So tell us about you. Tell us about your homestead. So it kind of just landed in our lap. My husband was coming out of a deployment and we just figured, okay, COVID lockdowns are lifting and it's time to buy and so we found this diamond in the rough literally and it came with a starter pack of pigs <laughs> it came with a couple of goats with chicken ducks it turned into donkeys horses uh, oh we have guinea fowl now a peacock named marvin we've had a snake at one point that my girls brought in they think that they can raise frogs all the things so we have turkeys, you might hear them, they just gobbled. <laughs> and I raised two girls, we homeschool right now, we're about to expand our family, hopefully, God willing. And we just really dove in and kind of DIY absolutely everything and find out, you know, through trial and error. And I honestly, I think that's the only way that you can really learn how to homestead. People can give you all of the advice and so you know what to expect. But until you get down knee deep in literal cow gunk, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to know. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's another way to do it besides just diving right in. I think I think when we first started, we researched to death. I mean, we were doing things in town, but we just researched, researched, and I'll tell you what, the research has come in handy. That's been great, but there is nothing to prepare you still, no matter what you do for the first time, especially for first births. Oh, yeah. So I think we'll just kick off with what breed of pig do you raise and why did you choose that breed? For us, we have red wattles. We ended up choosing them. Um, because they were known to be fairly docile, good moms, hardy, us being off grid, supplementing heat and doing all those things was 
something we weren't really interested in, and we heard about their delicious marbled meat that was like steak uh, from the beef, and so we wanted to try that. So what about you? So, like I said earlier in the intro, I we came into this farm. The previous owners left behind basically every livestock animal that they had, including a dog, and we were like, okay, this is something that we might be interested in. Let's see how it goes. So we raised Cooney Coonies. Um, there was also a potbelly male that we had to move on to another farm. He was getting bullied as we continued to bring in more males. We also got into American Guinea Hog to mix the breed of Cooney Coonies in so that the grow out process was a little bit expedited. We love absolutely all of them. The Julianas as well, they're very similar to Cooney Coonies. They are just a little bit bigger. They're more stout sometimes. But what we found is they don't root. We love that. We can rotate them. They completely grew my tomato garden. We call it a forest because it just took off. And we can't even get all the way through to everything. So our, <laughs> our chickens have their own little harvest. Um, they're just so friendly and easy. They're tiny. And when I say tiny, I mean like lower than 350 pounds. So that's tiny and pig. <laughs> the oh, pig yeah. World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ours will, you know, when they're growing out, our born sow, you know, you're six to 750 pounds. So that's significantly different, especially for people who are young or small or single moms or that's a lot to handle. For sure. Absolutely. We wanted something that was that could come up like a dog that we wouldn't have to worry about being eaten by. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so why do you guys raise pigs? Like, why do you primarily focus on pigs? Well, it started off to have our own meat, sausage. We go through a lot of sausage. We make our own patties and breakfast. So my husband works about an hour away during the week and he needs something quick easy to go and obviously with cuny cunies there is more lard to them more fat it's it's thicker um sometimes it'll marbleize predominantly we stick to just cooking them for the fat and having a thicker richer sausage um we also really wanted something that was going to like i said create our garden for us and rotate we rotate our our pigs we reduce food waste. Something we do that I didn't mention earlier was we help a few pantries and churches with reducing food waste so that they don't have to take their excess produce and put it in the dump whenever they're done. I mean, it's wild the, what the stores out here, I'm, when I say out here, I, they're still an hour away from us, <laughs> um, <laughs> what they waste and throw out because it quote unquote expires or isn't pretty enough to be on display and so we feed our pigs fairly well like their grain is almost supplemental <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's amazing and you know what's really unfortunate is we have tried to contact around us and i have yet found anybody who's willing to work with me um so our pigs get our scraps obviously they get grain you know we're a forested property so we do, they're in pens and they do rotate, but it's not like the standard pop-up electric and they're moving constantly. Mm -hmm. We've had some issues with that and we're figuring out our fencing and this is a huge thing with pigs as, you know, you have coonies and it's way easier to manage than for us having these larger pigs. When we tried to 
move and do the rotation originally, it just wasn't going to work the way that we thought it was going to. They're just too large. They're too strong. So we we're having to redo our plan that way. And so the fact that they're able to do that for your garden is great, but ours roots significantly. I mean, like full tree stumps, boulders. I mean, they're really moving stuff. So they're more on pasture. So key points that are great between the, the two styles of breed there. Um, I know that in, you know, the, the Coonies people commonly think that they don't root at all. And that's, that's not necessarily true. Correct. Correct. They do root. It's not as common. Um, we actually, today when I was doing one of our massage therapy sessions with our horse, one came out to that side. I left the gate open. Ours socialize in between the different animal species. We don't have any issues with that. We've never had a pig charge one of our cows or horses. We've never had any aggression. We have uh, ducks and geese that live out with them. It's amazing. Everyone coexists great. And it did, one of them did start rooting and it got down to grass or a seedling that hadn't popped all the way through yet. And it just took it right out of the ground and moved on. Yeah. And it, it's just so amazing to watch them do that. Isn't it? Like, it is. I think, you know, they're able to graze and rotate on your farm. You're bringing in produce and you said grain is pretty much supplemental. So I guess what grain are you feeding and how much of that are you even having to feed? So with spring through fall, it's much easier to supplement it in. In the winter, we stock up on it, especially because our feed prices have been going up 25, 50, 50 cents every other month. So we have it hauled in. We're in Indiana and it gets hauled into a co-op that is probably like three miles down the road. And from Illinois. So every other week we all get a huge pallet in and we go through maybe a 50 pound bag every two to four days, just because we do our pickups from the pantries and churches that pick up from Costco, Walmart, um, Kroger, all the big stores, Sam's club, two to three days a week. So luckily we have a good rotation, but as winter starts to approach, that isn't going to happen. So we'll end up going through two bags in a week. So every three to four days. So do you have any suggestions or tips on how can people approach these stores to get them on board with giving their produce for your pigs? Yeah. The first thing that I've come to realize is it has to be through a 5013C or C3 However, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, 501c3. <laughs> there we go. They have to go and present it to these stores. And it's honestly, I found a management thing. And it's based off of region. So it, the sad thing is it really depends on who's in charge. And from there, it was by pure luck. I found a woman who was on Facebook one day sharing in a local group chatter is what we call them around here saying who needs a bunch of bread and I'm over here thinking okay my chickens will eat this whole grain and I have cows cows also eat a lot of spent grain I was like why could I not feed it to my pigs so I talked to her about it and then she reached out to me directly later on 
and then it just turned into this huge network. This one church ended up giving my phone number to two other churches in a pantry. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then by God's grace and pure luck, there was a woman who had cows, longhorns, and she can no longer pick up for her farm. So we're the regular Tuesday pickup now. We go out with a trailer and I really, really encourage everyone to reach out to churches and pantries and say, how can I help you prevent food waste? Because you'd be shocked at how much even they throw away. A lot of people don't utilize the drive through system or the open hours because they feel that they're not in such a bad place that they should go get food. So anything that we get that's within date as well, we go and take them to what's called little pantries. And so just reaching out, I don't know if you guys have those out where you are, but there are businesses on our county square or little shops that have put up a, a food stand. And so I try and network with them as well. All it takes is opening your mouth and saying, how do you fill this and how can I help you fill this? Because we all have to work together to really keep the world going around. I love that. Those are all good points. And, you know, here we're in Southern Missouri and it is very hit or miss in our, in our area, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were talking about what can we do and we, you know, next year we will be donating um, some produce and things to help people as well. We do as much as we can to help anybody that we can. Times are really, really hard and we have a lot of animals. So we're also really trying to stock up for us as well um i think that it's going to vary by state too missouri's laws where we are they're so loose so loose with what you can do or not do and some states you know especially on the coast they're very very strict you know they just want everybody to throw everything away and it's it's crazy there's a woman that'll be speaking later on in the series about the hoops that she had to go through for two years to do a similar program, um, there in the Northeast up in new England. So very, very interesting. Um, I would say for us, our pigs are, they'll, they'll burn through some food. Yeah. (laughs) They'll they'll burn it up. (laughs) So I would say we're probably, um, we have four pigs and we'll have, Oh, I don't know. They're, they're eating a lot. They're eating probably 25 pounds a day and then plus their supplements and stuff because, like I said, we're working on moving them and we're still creating pastures and those things. So we're uh, higher on cost on our pig feed. How many pigs are you raising normally and then how many sows do you have that you breed? So I know piglets will fluctuate. So we have two breeding boars and a, technically a third, but we can't guarantee him. He's not as excited about the job. <laughs> then we have four sows that we breed and one of them we're going to retire out. She just develops mastitis almost every time. It's not worth the, the headache and risk anymore. No, no. Ours, we have two gilts. Um, and so our, and our boar and it's, it's their first time. And so we've seen that he's, he's working on it. So we'll see what we get out of that. Um, so if you're saying your primary focus is for 
meat Correct. is you know is for meat. So, um, do you guys process on site or? We have if it's a barter or trade. So there's a lot of bartering and trading out where we are, but we also have two butchers that we directly work with as well. If someone wants special cuts, we can do primal cuts without any issue. We have butchered our own for ourselves. Um, when it comes to sausage, we can't do it ourselves yet. We don't have all of the supplies, so we do send them off and it's actually fairly cheap out here for us. Um, I would say it comes out to maybe like $90 to get a 115 pound pig butchered start to finish. That's um, not nothing bad. too crazy. Yeah. So and is that, it, is that what about you could expect? Is that about what, how much meat you could expect from a cooney? Um, so this one was an American guinea hog with it. Our cooney, he filled the freezer. So with primal cuts and then we just threw him on the grill, <laughs> but right. he got, I want to say we probably got without the bone we took off. He was full grown at 300, 350, maybe 175 pounds. I would say half. That's pretty good. That's good. So in, uh, in regards to the processing, do you guys sell pork or live pigs or how do you guys go about that? We stick to live. We've recently seen more families want them as starter pigs to see what they want to do 4-H wise and if they want to breed, if they want to start small or some of them take them as pets. Who am I to say no? Right. Right, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, so you said you're in Indiana and we're in southern Missouri. So, what is your climate like? <clears throat> excuse me, up there here in the summertime, we're basically the surface of the sun. I f- I'm pretty sure <laughs> uh, for a time or two, we were the sun. It's and horrible. it is extremely humid. I mean, you could drown if you breathe in too hard. So, how is it there? Oh, we get all four seasons, sometimes all within a week as well. I mean, today it got up to 75, but overnight it's going to be 43. So we're in this weird transition period where it's going to be so cold in the morning and you're going to have frost on your car, your truck, your windshield wipers. You're going to have to defrost and then you're going to be sweating bullets by the time it's noon and it is hit and miss. It's it's rough because in this transitional period, your animals are bedded down. They don't come out as early, and then they're dying by noon, and they're in the mud. And then you're like, oh, man, you're going to be so cold later. Yeah. So. yeah. I think, what did you say it was today here? It got up to 80. Yeah, I was sweating. I I was I was gonna I was done for, but I had a hoodie on and sweats and everything because this morning it was like Antarctica out here. So yeah. we we definitely get that. How how is that? How do you prepare for winter with with your pigs? We do a deep bed of straw and just try to keep the wind off of them um, because it never stays too cold for too long here. They do pretty well. But what about you? Yeah, so we do the same. We actually reach out to people often asking if they have, and I quote, bad hay or bad straw, like it got wet. And then we'll actually surround their structures, their infrastructure with that throughout the winter because it's already bad. And so Mm -hmm. it can block the wind. It's thick. We tried a lot of tarps last year, and it didn't work as best as we thought it would because snow and ice sat last year a lot longer than we expected and so it would rip really easily i think i think we've about had it up to our neck with the tarps 
<laughs> I think we'll be doing something different. But I love that you brought up that that was a challenge that you faced for winter. And I'm curious now, my wheels are turning. What other challenges have you faced on your pig journey? Oh, man. Not very many. It really does just depend on weather. We have not had any accidental deaths. Knock on wood that that doesn't happen <laughs> now that I've said it. Yeah. We don't have any birth issues. We did have one defect out of, we've had probably 100, 150 pigs come through here in two years, but we got in over our heads really quickly as well. So I will say the one issue and challenge was having so many sows and then at one point we easily had 60 piglets and getting them moved out quickly. Yeah, I feel like the piglets would be cute, but then it's like, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so in talking about challenges and everything, what kind of fencing do you guys use for your pigs? We just use goat and sheep fencing. They have yet to really test it. Our piglets, however, when they are born up to about four weeks old, they, even a little bit older sometimes, they can fit through those squares. They're little sausages, and I call them land rockets because they'll just take off. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) they don't test the main fence line, which is also goat and sheep fencing. And, And I don't know if it's because we have extra netting around it or the road is so close. They have just been little heathens. To be honest, they'll get into the boxes of produce. They'll come out, make themselves at home, eat, and then run back to mom. Oh, yeah. that's pigs. <laughs> yeah. Our, we've had our pigs escape a couple times, and we don't have our perimeter fencing totally done. Lord willing, if God wills it, it will be done before spring. But... <laughs> It wasn't, and so, oh, man, when they tore into the trash, they rooted up my garden, they, uh, well, and it was in the walkways, so it was like, you'd think it would be a good thing, and I was super excited, but then I realized they stirred up all that seed, and so then the walkways that they rooted have, like, (laughs) pasture grass, and then they went over to the neighbors because they learned he has a pond, And so they tried to go get into his fishing pond and I'm just like, guys, come on now. But now they're, you know, they're older and stuff, but uh, we've got them in a double fence. They're in cattle panel and welded wire. And so seems to be working. It seems to be working now. Now, knock on wood for us too. Uh, Is there a reason that you chose not to do the hot wire? Well, the way that we have it set up it is so far out from where the house is and electricity and the wiring out here is poor to be quite honest it's gonna it's a whole project of itself that we're just saying like okay like we blow through bulbs once a month there's just that risk of it not working anyway so we do have a donkey out by them he keeps them in line for the most part we haven't had any issues. We have a few livestock guard dogs that, as well, there are times that they just turn the other cheek and let them do their thing, but we just haven't had really any issues with it becoming them getting into things that they shouldn't be getting into. That's good. And you mentioned that you have a donkey and livestock dogs. So is that is that your full, you know, you've got the fence, you've got the dogs, and you've got the donkey, so you're pretty well set for your safety protocol, your predator protection. Right. We have. I've seen one possum, and then one of the dogs got it the next day. 
after that, I've not had any other issues. We might have had a raccoon or a fox come up because one of our turkeys was attacked. And her um, clutch of eggs went oh. missing other than, oh, no. other than two. Yeah. <laughs> but she's doing well. She has recovered. And she has two little chicks that are following her. So, I mean, it's very rare. And we've been here two years. We've not never lost a cat. We've never lost a chicken to anything. So I, I truly believe it's the dogs and the donkey. We have two dogs, too. And I mean, there's just no way. Well, I mean, technically we have more dogs. But the two are outside. And, um, I mean, just the other night, I mean, you came in and... Yeah, I came in to let you know and... They were trying, something was trying to get into the rabbit hutch over there and the dogs like lost it and took off and run, ran it off. So, and that was just, you know, I know a lot of people have donkeys and I think we'll get a pair of mini donkeys for our own personal endeavors. Well, I don't want donkeys, so. I know. The donkey, I know. We even have a, somebody talking on donkeys. Can't imagine who wanted that topic. Um, but the reason being, by the time that he realized what's going on, and I'm getting my glasses on and stuff, the dogs already had dealt with the situation. Um, right. You know, and I have a lot of rabbits out there, and we've got uh, all the poultry. We're poultry breeder. Um, and then we've got the goats and and the pigs. And, I mean, the people. Just, I mean, people come back here for whatever reason. They feel the need to come wow. here. And without the dogs, you know, I'm like a sitting duck sometimes. So, um, I know a lot of people use donkeys but for me, I just feel like the only thing that can do what a dog does is a dog. So I'm, that's, that's why we have them, I suppose. I don't know. I think the donkey would work in a pasture, like, or if, you know, something was trying to get calves maybe or something, but yeah. we're in the forest and I don't think a donkey's going to be able to stand up to a random hungry black bear or a, or a pack, pack of coyotes, of cows, yeah. like the whole thing that's trying to like be... You know, because they need to be fenced in themselves, whereas our dogs are yeah. free to go. There's been numerous times the last couple of years where our dogs have chased off a pack of coyotes. I mean. Yeah, and I think that, the I mean, the coyotes get bold. I mean, we're talking like 10 feet from the front door. And, um, yeah, and without the dogs, uh, I mean, we it's just, there's no way we can actually be out there dispatching every single one on our own because we're not home and a donkey wouldn't be able to free range. So I love that you mixed different styles. I think too many times people always want one or the other. And I think that they all, they pull their own weight. For sure. So, so that me, you know, if you're pigs, you're able to use the, you know, the gates open and they've never charged or anything. So I assume you're keeping like a barnyard mix. Yes. Oh, good. So, do you have any issues with the mix? Not necessarily with the pigs, but just have you had issues? Like, you know, people say don't keep chickens with turkeys because of blackhead disease or donkeys can stomp chickens or have you had any of these issues? We have not. We have had food aggression before, um, but all I had to do was raise bulls and and move them around and it didn't become an issue and then they started getting into the routine of okay this is where i eat in the morning and that's where you eat in the morning Perfect. so in our pasture because we have just over three acres and so we utilize every every piece of land i mean every inch so we 
have this one corner that is fairly sectioned off with hog panels or cattle panels and the pigs can get in. We intended for it to be, you know, their own little pens and have their own housing and we just never got around to finishing it. So (laughs) we have a section that's open within that corner and it's closed off so the horses can't get into it. The donkey, he's back on his own pasture so even though the pigs can get into him he can't get in with them he can just guard them he is sectioned off in his own area but they come up and they eat and the ducks don't have issues they don't come up the geese don't come in with them the pigs just eat in one area and then they move on that's nice and you mentioned that that housing area you know i think we all have 900 things that we were going to do we didn't quite get done um what did you settle on for your housing style we actually tried to do we tried to do pallet house and that was fine until they got bigger they've destroyed it 900 times and now we're switching over to like a hoop coop style what about you so they god bless them the original (laughs) owner they put in a cute lean-to it would it would be great. However, if it wasn't facing northwest, catching all of the weather. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes. A for effort, just <laughs> poor execution. So we had a shipping container. My father-in-law had from a, a business he ran, and he brought it out, and we actually set it somewhat in front of this lean-to. And so now it blocks the weather and they can go in and back and forth. And there's one door slash wall that kind of separates it, but they can go underneath if need be to get out of it. Um, And they have one exit essentially. So they have a shipping container. They're lean to, we have multiple little pig glues. So dog igloos out there as well, just for shade in the, the spring through fall. And then, but they all cuddle together. So you'll see them in the winter come out. And the biggest one, his name's Reggie. He comes <laughs> <laughs> bolting out and, and plows the snow for everyone and everything else behind him. <laughs> That's cool. I would, our big one's name is Reuben. And yes, Reuben is going to be a Reuben. Yeah. <laughs> but he is in December. But yeah, him and uh, Miss Piggy, we have Kermit. Miss Piggy, Babe, and Reuben. So sweet. Yes, so we're big name people, so I love to hear Reggie. <laughs> yeah, I like that name. So I think, do you think, I guess, um, double-edged question, okay. do you think you're going to add any more breeds, and it, when do you think you would add more if you were going to, or why would you not? So I feel that we will add probably Juliana's just because they are very similar to Cooney's. They are just as docile. They're just a little more stocky and longer snouts. They also can throw the double waddles. So I'm not a hundred percent sure when or if I think as we go through another litter and decide, okay, who are we going to send off and dispatch? Who are we going to keep? Who are we going to put up and list as, this is a great starter boar, things like that. We really, really love the American guinea hog um, grow-out cycle. They are they stay just as small, but they grow out quicker. And so, What is really the grow-out on them? 
we sent the one he was not even a year old he the he was around a year maybe 115 pounds and she got 60 pounds of sausage off of him i mean we're looking at just about oh go ahead go ahead we're looking at just about 50 percent yield so that he was full american guinea hog though so i'm thinking if we throw him in with a cooney or a juliana it's going to be between the 50 and 70% range of meat if we did just sausage because you can throw in all kinds of other things and not have specialty cuts. Do you raise registered? We do not. However, we have sent pigs off that did get registered. So I do have my name on the registry. I just have not thrown in any kind of hair samples Fair. yet. That's <laughs> yeah. on one of our lists of things to do that's just not a top priority right now. Fair. So, uh, what are your top tips for people that are new to pigs? Learn what breed you want to start with and start small. I mean, you can dive in like we did, and but you're going to cry sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> yes, I understand um, it. And don't be afraid to ask for help and resources. Create a network. Dive into all of the homesteading groups. Dive into farming groups. There are going to be, I'm not going to cuss, but there's going to be total horrible people in there that are going to be insulting and think that you need to know everything, but you don't. And you're there for a reason. Learn. Don't be afraid to be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times. And you just have to find out for yourself. I agree. I would think, you know, one of my big questions that I had had before starting, which I know now but I didn't was warming practice. Do they need other minerals and a farrowing plan? What, what do you think about those things? So the only thing that we really are cautious with when it comes to farrowing is making sure that there's enough space. We, my first litter happened two months into living here. So she came pregnant. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and, so we got her piglets. She was great. We got her piglets to a new section. Mind you, it snowed that night. It's like she just knew. My and goodness. I thought, Why? Of all times. You couldn't have held them in for three days. I mean, <laughs> and so <laughs> I moved the piglets and she took off into our woods. And she was like, yeah, no, I don't want them right now. Like, I'm going to go mind my business. That was enough. And so for half the day, I had to bribe her in. I'm like, your babies need you. And <laughs> I would be a to... nervous wreck. I would be like, please stop leaving. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know. I, oh, I had a neighbor who actually is no longer our neighbor. He, his farm is beautiful, too. So he moved on to a better farm for him. And he stopped by, I don't know if he saw me running around like a crazy person, just, I don't know, he just rolled up in the driveway, and this was before we had our second layer of fencing in the front, and so he helped me get her in, and we got an extension cord out, a heat lamp, and it did snow, it snowed over a foot, and oh my, my gosh. Horrible, right? And she was not in any kind of shelter, okay? So this is terrible practice, but it worked for us in this one quick moment. And so we had tarp everywhere. 
and I I don't know how any of these pigs lived. I'm still shocked to this day. But it was a great learning experience that you can improvise, and sometimes it really does work out. You just gotta you gotta just dive in. I mean, there's no other rhyme or reason. I could not have left her out in our big pasture in our barnyard mix style of everyone lives together a cute little commune and it'll be fine i mean that's what i have now and it does work great we've since moved her onto a new farm because she uh i don't know she's very feisty she's a redhead so oh well that explains it (laughs) (laughs) i we our uh farrowing plan we are going to we're gonna leave them in we're not gonna put them in like a small farrowing situation we're just gonna put them into a different pen we're just gonna separate them from the boar um and you know from each other so they're just gonna they'll all be able to see each other but they're gonna have that space um since they are such large pigs we will be really watching it and we might do a like a cattle panel section off so that way the piglets can get in and out, but, you know, mom can't roll on them. And so I think that's going to be our plan. And as for what we learned about minerals, uh, we don't add any. They haven't needed any, so we don't add any trace minerals. Um, and I don't think that we probably will. They're getting a lot, especially being a forested property. They're getting quite a bit on what they're rooting up because it's been untouched. Um and as far as worming and stuff, um, you know, we've not had issues, but we did worm them, um, when they came as, as piglets. And then, um, we were told to worm them before they farrow. Is that your practice as well? We actually don't use any specific one. We have not had any issues with our pigs losing any weight like with having worms or excess worms. So mm-hmm. that our styles have not had any kind of issue like that. However, in the, the winter, we stock up on pumpkins. We have a really good connection with a pumpkin patch. So we go and we buy the leftovers and save them. And we use diatomaceous earth if we feel that they do need dewormed. I know that there's a powder you can pour on their back, but given that we have so many different ages and sizes right now it's a little bit difficult to really gauge and make sure that everyone is getting the right amount because they all just do everything together we've even had sows that delivered within days of each other nurse their other babies uh, their another sow's babies and they just kind of have this cute little community motherhood it's amazing so like you do you'll have your separated we have separated pigs before and piglets but we typically don't. Our our girls, just judging by our pig's personality, I think they're going to want to be alone. <laughs> um, yeah. They're real sassy when they are, when they get into a mood, not with us, but they will sass pot each other um, significantly if needed. And because they are so big, it's just not um, worth it to us to have possible harm. Um that being said, this is a good time to point out the significant difference between Coonies and American guinea hogs or your full-size hogs. Um, you know, we have to look at it as like, oh man, this is hundreds of pounds. This is, 
you know, I mean, full grown, you know, when you're talking something 600 pounds, that's nothing to play with, you know? And so if they get frustrated or they get upset, so we always, even though they're not aggressive, we always try to act as if it could change at any moment because they are so large. Um, you know, that, that being said, we love pigs. They're a little bit frustrating sometimes, like you said, but they're fairly easy keepers. I mean, as long as they have food and they got themselves some water, you know, they keep cool since they don't sweat. For those of you that don't know, pigs do not sweat. Um, and so they enjoy their pool or a wallow or, you know, their shade. Otherwise they're pretty quiet. They just kind of hang out. Um, I would say people always jump to goats and things first. And I'll tell you what, our goats are a lot, a <laughs> lot. He really wanted goats. You wanted goats for, I don't know how long. You... For years. I still love our goats. They're just a, a hassle. <laughs> they are. They'll sit. I mean, they start screaming at you at six o'clock in the morning, you know, because they're like, it is 6 a.m. It's about to be 6.01 and I have not seen you, you know, so that's how they are. But the pigs, they're just like, hey, guys. You know, they get really excited, and we've trained them to good morning girls, so we've not had any issues with them, but I definitely think that they're underrated livestock for sure. Um, What is your favorite thing about the pigs? They are so smart, and they are food-driven. I love any animal that's food-driven because then it's easy to socialize and actually enjoy them. I mean, you get equine out there and they're running around and leaving you or goats even they start headbutting you and they're just not so thrilled but pigs i feel like you can just befriend them so easily oh yeah we pet ours i mean you can you can hand feed them but i mean you gotta have a lot of feed in that hand (laughs) so that you can have a hand when you're right. done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really excited for the, I'm excited for piglets just cause I love pigs so much and we will reserve, um, you know, some back and it's just so exciting. Right. And yeah. So like, what are some piglet tips that you can give people and even uh, us? Yeah. Even us. And how does having piglets change your routine? If, if people already have big pigs, you know, and they just want to have piglets, so how does it change the routine? Yeah, expect the piglets to escape. <laughs> they <laughs> can't break the fence. However, again, I have what's called mini pigs, and they're not really miniature. They're just smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can get out, and they will run, and they love to run. Pigs love to run, believe it or not. And <laughs> I would say the only change I've noticed is to make sure the sows have extra feed. Um, pigs come out, I, I did not know this, and they basically will eat. If they have given the opportunity, they will eat right off the ground and obviously nurse. But who knew that they come out teeth ready and just wanting to dive into real food. So prepare that you might see them come out after a week and start eating with mom because they're just learning and they're smart. They know what to, what to do. Pigs are very smart. It's, I was reading somewhere. It says pigs have the same mental capacity as a preschooler, you know, yeah. three, four years old. And I was thinking to myself, that's why you can't fence them in. <laughs> you know, you ever try to wrangle a toddler who doesn't want to go, you know? So 
I, I was thinking, you know, that we'll definitely have to do, you know, something. Because even our two by four welded wire, I mean, a piglet, if they're, they wanted to, they're out, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we were thinking about that and definitely we'll take heed of the advice on the food, especially with, like we said, prices going up. We'll just definitely be starting to stock, stock up bags because you just, you know, do you feed a pig you know our our feed store gives you they're called evolutions so you get evolution one two and three and that'll be based off of its piglets on up to you know just your adults and because they're eating with mom do you find you need to feed everybody that piglet feed or do they do fine eating what mom eats they do fine with what mom has so i feed a sow complete as if she's nursing i do this all year round just because the likelihood we do have piglets every three to four months so i say we have like three to four litters now i mean whether probably twice a year so anywhere between six and eight a year right now and we are going to dial that back just because that's a lot (laughs) that's a lot of pigs you should have seen his face when you said that he was looking at me like don't get any ideas when we're not doing it it is very easy to have a lot of piglets. So we've had pigs, we've had one litter be just four, and she did great. No issues. We've had a litter of 13, and I'm like, okay, ma'am, like, how? <laughs> and we call her Big Mama because she just, she does great. doesn't matter how many she has. She's always the best, and so we kept her. But that 13, I thought, how am I going to feed all of them and I did find that keeping them on a sow complete through we use mice feeds m-e-i-s-s they're out of Illinois and they have some piglet feed as well they have grower feed they have everything you can think of similar to what you guys have with different stages so so when you have all these litters you know then the next thing in people's minds are how do you get rid of them how do you offload them? So what, how are you doing that? A, especially the way Facebook is, you know, now and, and restrictions on how to get rid of them, but also what could somebody expect to pay for not only buying them from you purely just buying them, but, um, if, if they want to buy you to raise it and they want to buy a butcher hog. So, I mean, if we can cover all that, that'd be great. Yeah, so in my area, we have a vast variety of breeds that are sold out here. We have a few um, auction houses that I'm, I've am i been to. <laughs> yep, that's about where we are. We don't do auctions. Yeah, we've seen them go for $50, and others go up to 500 So I can't say that there's any expectation I can set on what you will pay, what anyone getting into these breeds will pay. It really does depend on the quality and it depends on who the seller is. It depends on how often they have piglets and if you can determine whether they're genuine or not. Yeah. (laughs) There are, you will find no matter where you go, there's always going to be that one or a handful that runs together, birds of a feather. And we don't have any Cooney breeders up here that we are connected with. Most of ours are in Tennessee, Florida, different states 
and we just it's also not common up here people start getting into it and I feel like I've kind of set that tone of this is what we have and I I like to be a dominant person and say (laughs) this is this one's mine. <laughs> yeah, we have down here. It's very, it, I would say Cooney's getting a little saturated. I'd say it's, you know, we've got the ones who have been breathing for a long time and they're not registered and they're selling them for 125 to 150. But we've got a lot, you know, we've got some new people coming in or people having them registered and now they're asking like six, seven hundred dollars. Um, and so it is crazy. Um, we would like to bring on some Coonies in 2023, um, just a breeding pair, um, to start with. And we found some people have been raising them for a while and we like the way that they raise their pigs. And so we'll actually be getting them unregistered, um, from those people, but I'm not paying $700 for somebody who, who, um, is a little bit inexperienced with brand new lines. I don't, that's not really good, but it sounds like the pigs are breeding similarly to my rabbits. You know, they're constantly so many of them, you know, but we, for our piglets, we'll sell them for a hundred dollars each. Um, that's what we bought them for. That's what they seem to go for. Um, they're not registered for our red wattles. And so that's what it is in our area. And while we're working on our lines, that's where we'll be at. Um, I, I think that what's going to hang us up is until we're getting our, you know, until we're able to make that connection with feed and until we're able to, um, really get these pastures going and, and get all these things going, we're going to be not necessarily, I I mean, we're going to be breaking even or barely going into, into the black on it because at a hundred dollars with the rising costs of feed right now. Um, are you finding that or do you feel like you're kind of, it's seasonal. I feel like, um, spring, summer and fall are, are better months. So we're expecting a litter at the end of the month, early November. And that one's going to be a hard one because they, we actually keep ours until they are eight weeks old. Some people will sell them at four. I just don't have the, the I don't have the right word for this um I just don't have it in my heart (laughs) to let them go that early because I know that our sows don't dry up that early and I think it's not in the best practice to let them go so soon Uh, especially given what we know about mastitis and all of that there are things that you can do to help mom with drying up from milk but for us us we're not even going to wean off at eight I don't yeah. think, I think I'm going to hold till 10. I'm thinking pretty strongly on holding till 10, um, uh, because we, we tend to hold everything quite a bit longer than I know most people do. Um, when we had our kittens, we got to figure that out. Um, you know, I don't, do you remember how, how old Dr. D is and she go, I think they're six months or well, no, they're five, they're five months, they're five months. Five months, but you know, they were, they're just now mom weaned off. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and you can tell, I mean, these guys are healthy. They're doing great. Mom handled, um, weaning off. And, and so for us, we were just, you know, I, I pull the rabbits too a little bit longer. And I think, 
I think it's just in, in better practice for us personally. I think more people are jumping on the bandwagon behind us at Holden for a little bit longer. So I don't think that's, you know, crazy. But since you're holding them longer, your point is probably that you're you're a little bit more on feed. Right. Yeah. We So since not all of ours, I mean, right now, none of them are registered. We typically sell two for 350 or three for 450 sometimes 550 and it also really does depend on age if i've raised it longer than say five months i'm going to ask for more just because i want to try and make back mm-hmm. what i've invested in that pig and it has i see a lot of people sell them for less as they get older and i think wow you literally are shooting yourself in the foot because unless you're not feeding them which would be horrible how are you surviving and with feed our feed started off at 12 something a bag for 50 pounds and now it's up to 16 yeah i think we're our pig feed itself right now is at 12 60 a bag um but for our area it was 859 you know so it's 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 really rising up there. It's just pretty, it's getting pretty crazy. Um, all in all, we enjoy the pigs. We're going to keep doing them continually. It sounds like you will too. Oh yeah. And I just, I want to, excuse me, my goodness. I just want to bring awareness and I know pigs can be scary. People get Oh, they smell or, oh, they this. They don't, actually. Um, they're actually pretty clean animals. The The feed shouldn't scare people away. I think you've given awesome tips. You know, we've got, you can do a pasture, you can do forage, you can supplement with grain, you can reach out to people, or maybe your family lives in town and you can all go together on, you know, keeping food scraps and compost and we're going to grow a lot of extra and then that will be for you know the pigs and the chickens and stuff and we actually plant a chicken garden and we're planting a rabbit garden and so there's tons of ways to do this and so I think they're a great option um do you have anything else that you want to tell anybody about pigs or is how can people find you and keep up with your pig journey so I'm on Facebook under Hannah's Homestead And you will find my name as well, Hannah Bailey. I am constantly posting publicly and tagging the homestead. And I also am on YouTube under Hannah's Homestead. I just share a lot of everything that is separate from pigs onto the YouTube. Just little wholesome clips because there's just so much negativity in the world. And really, I try to be a resource for everyone explaining how, you know, you can network with different grocery stores or even restaurants. That was a really good idea. Like you said, with family members, save the scraps, give them a five gallon bucket, give them a lid or something so that they can fill it throughout the week. So much food goes to waste. And I don't know about you guys, but my girls put their food in the fridge when they're done and they're like, I'll come back to it later. And later never comes for them. That's that's me. My husband's over here shaking his head because that's literally me. I I mean, well, but I have pigs, so I feel like I'm just planning ahead. (laughs) Exactly. And I live by the motto, waste not, want not. So if you literally type in my name, Hannah Bailey, waste not, want not, you'll find so many posts about me upcycling, recycling, and just sharing different resources because 
it's not just restricted to Indiana or Missouri or wherever. There's you can genuinely generally find something where you are locally. Anyone who's listening, and I can connect anyone to just about anywhere. Yes. I, that's all I want. We have know. a ton I, of resources as well. So even if you don't want to raise coonies, American guinea hogs, uh, red wattles, whatever, we can help you find your pigs. We can help you figure out, you know, if they have good body condition or the questions to ask when you're trying to get them. Or um, actually, we even know people personally who do transport. So if you live in Indiana and you need a pig from Missouri... um, you know, there's all kinds of things, and we transport our pigs if people buy from us. Um, do you offer that for yours? We do. We do a small transport fee. It really also depends on gas prices. We stay under $200, though, depending on where the location is. So we went down to Tennessee, and we just charged 150 It was a one-way thing. I mean, yeah. and gas trucks. We don't have small vehicles right <laughs> oh yeah we yeah when we take our tahoe just turning it on uses a quarter of a tank it feels like so i think uh we'll be checking you out for sure on all of your social media i also want to know this has nothing to do with pigs but because we're at the end how is having a peacock he is so funny he actually has calmed down a lot since he just left lost um his seasonal feathers or he's all like two years old they do they, I don't even know. They shed, I guess. And we've used feathers as reflectors. So <laughs> we have them up on our fence posts because we've had so many wrecks. We're at the top of an S-curve and ravine. And so Marvin has been very useful. He <laughs> is amazing. He loves to sit on the roof. He doesn't scream as often as I thought he would. And he's very antisocial. But I think that just is the way that they are in general. Um, we don't have a hen for him. We probably should, but he loves to hang out with our guinea fowl and our turkeys. I love peacocks. I know. I can't wait to get peacocks. However, I'm going to have to say that there's a lot of people I follow on Instagram that have peacocks and I found a lady in Texas and she has colors of peacocks that I have never even heard of in my life. I found the lady on Etsy and in a hatching egg group and she's got, I mean, they're like they're called eyed because I guess the, when their feathers fan out those little colored spots that look like eyes, she's got the, the peacocks that are white, but then their eyes are like a different color. I think it was like red or purple or something. It was very, very cool. So I'm going to have to advocate that Marvin gets, gets a hen or four. Yeah. So, but we really, really, really just want to thank you for taking this time to talk to us, to be a part of this, to be the guinea pig. That was going to be the first interview. You've been amazing to talk with. Absolutely. It's been awesome. I'm looking forward to doing everyone's. And just as a reminder, next week we will have Kimberly on and she's going to be discussing strawberry farming. Um, Her husband and her have opened up a a literal strawberry farm. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of plants that she's going to be doing. And I know for us personally, we want to plant a lot of strawberries as our ground cover in the food forest. I know everybody's first like fruit that they want to do is strawberries and having it be successful. 
So what better way than to learn from a full strawberry farmer? So stay tuned for that. We'll be here every Tuesday doing interviews. Bonus episodes will be coming. And once we get through these holidays, we're going to be hitting December and we're going to be going to 10 plus episodes per month. So you're definitely going to want to listen in. So hit follow, hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us now. Be sure to tell your friends so that they can tune in. It really helps us. As a reminder, start your shopping with Mary's Heirloom Seeds when you are shopping for your seeds. If you follow us on our social media, Dreamweavers Homestead, you will find our affiliate link. You can start your shopping there. On that note, Hannah's going to join us at the end of this. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's Let's go. go. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.